0: Thank you. Welcome to the Social Minute, the podcast that looks at the social network minute by minute. Today, we are going to be covering minute number 43, uh, which begins with the end of the statement that was made in the previous minute, uh, where, you know, uh, they talk about how Mark is trying to, you know, uh, gather his reputation after causing some outrage from FaceMash. Um, and it goes on until we finish the minute back in the deposition room. And the question is asked, did you know that um, <laughs> the, the Winklevoss twins were from a family of means? And I like I like the fact that in the in the kind of in the stuff that goes on with the Winklevoss twins, uh, Mark Zuckerberg gives literally nothing. Like he's mm-hmm. not willing to concede that the English language is even a thing. And so he constantly questions every single word. And so when he's like a family of means and then, of course, it finished. Then it finishes with them saying they came from money. (laughs) And so obviously we can kind of get into that a bit more tomorrow. But yeah, uh, we kind of finished. We finished the kind of discussion between the twins and Divya before jumping back uh, to the deposition. Um, and joining me to talk about today is Sarah Iftecker. Hello, Sarah.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So you know we are kind of finishing off the the kind of the end of the scene in the in the the Winklevoss dorm room. You know where we find out. I mean, this is probably some of my favourite stuff from Cameron. Um, you know who, of course, throughout this minute has been a beacon of calmness, mm-hmm. uh, trying to calm his brother and Divya down. Um, and <laughs> you know the, the the kind of Tyler. Um, you know after reading the whole thing about you know. Um, uh, kind of redoing his reputation and all this kind of stuff um you know he says that he's given us the finger in the crimson um and he's like you know while we're waiting for you know dad's lawyer to look over stuff you know we can get something going in the paper and of course cameron is he's literally he's giving he's giving nothing he's like no 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 we're not going to do that yeah um, not starting course, a knife fight you
1: know, in the crimson it is the, the phrasing which yeah. i loved
0: yeah it's and i i love as well how like um you know obviously you know if you haven't gone to harvard uh, which i think the majority of people haven't gone to harvard mm-hmm. um uh <laughs> the, like obviously the, the fact that at this point they've said the crimson like a hundred times in this film it's
1: so harvard <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah uh i just love that they, they kind of use it all the time as though this is like some kind of standard when really the, the crimson is nothing more than like a student newspaper right um so, but I love how much importance that Cameron puts on this. Um, and obviously as we kind of get the, the kind of the, 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 the thoughts here of what Cam- why Cameron doesn't want to do this. And, you know, he, he comes up with one of my favorite phrases, which I've already used a number of times in this podcast to refer to these two twins. Um, and obviously, you know, he, he, he has a reason for not wanting to start a knife fight in the Crimson. And of course, <laughs> Divya's like, why not? And of course, Cameron's like, He's going to say it's stupid." Hmm. and of course, Tyler's like, me." and then eventually he says, he says, "Because we're gentlemen of Harvard <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I love how these kind of like, I don't know. I think at the time they were probably like 20, like these two 20 year old, like rowers are like with gentlemen of Harvard. And it's like, Cameron, please. You're not
1: gentlemen (laughs) of anything. You're glorified fat rows.
0: Yeah. So I, I kind of love that. And I, I I love that he's like, you know, this is Harvard. You don't plant stories and you don't sue people. And I love the little beat before Divya goes, you thought he was going to be the only one who thought that was (laughs) stupid. Um, it's so, a great scene. Momentarily
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Momentarily I like Divya. For most yeah. of this film I don't like Divya. Uh but for that one moment you're like, yeah, it is a bit stupid. It's really stupid. <laughs> I love as well how this is clearly not the first time Cameron has said this and this is not like this has always been like known because Tyler already knows what Cameron's gonna say and he already knows how stupid it's gonna <laughs> right. sound. So you know, I I just kind of love that. Yeah, like the this uh, the end of this scene is wonderful because obviously you know it kind of naturally leads back into uh, the deposition, mm-hmm. and you know the start of kind of the, the the conversation that's been had in in the dorm room, um, you know, has kind of given us this hint already. You know, like obviously Cameron thinks of them as gentlemen, at Harvard, and they have an in house lawyer from for their father. So you're kind of already you know the the fact that they have like this. I mean, it's a, yeah, a fairly well nice appointed um, you know dorm room. The fact that all of that is there, you know, in the back of your mind, it's already being planted what is going to come up next in the deposition scene. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, something that you probably as a viewer are already kind of thinking about, but it's only when kind of Gage brings it up um, and Mark kind of, you know, shuts it down and becomes a wall, as he has done for most of this deposition. It's only then that it it becomes a thing where you're like, oh... Yeah, I like everything that's going on here. It's like, yeah, well, of course, they've got like a father who's, who's got like an in-house council mm-hmm. because, you know, not only are they six foot five and 220, um, but they're also very like clearly wealthy. Um, yeah. And this is this is something, you know, in the opening scene, there's a lot of things kind of batted backwards and forwards between Erica and Mark and you know there's a point where she you know she says to him you know what part of Wimbledon are you from because obviously he has this attitude about you know the fact that she goes to BU Uh, obviously if you're at Harvard you know I mean there's a certain level you know that you've already reached and so the fact that he's kind of sniffy about the fact that she goes to BU um, is then balanced out with the fact that within Harvard there are then kind of different layers of different classes of people yeah and so it's it's kind of interesting that, you know, Mark effectively is looking down on Erica. Uh, but, you know, due to, first of all, their physical size, but also their class standing, the Winklevoss are looking down on Mark. Yeah. And, you know, so it's nice how this is gradually being... Like, throughout the film, we've kind of got little hints of it. But the fact that, you know, they took him into the bike room and, you know, like there's various things where, you know, Mark is clearly at Harvard, but there's certain things he doesn't have access to. And so here, we you know, we finally kind of get to the nub of it, which is you know, did you know that Tyler and Cameron came from a family of means? Um, and of course, you know, Jesse Eisenberg's wonderful delivery of a family of means. <laughs> um, it,
1: <like laughs> yeah, and this is this is very Ivy League, that those very kind of apparent class differentiations. Um, I mean, so I actually, for graduate school, went to Yale. So I, you know, taught students who were very similar to this. Yeah. Um, during my graduate school teaching years. And uh, this feels very true to the experience of being at an Ivy League university in terms of there being these kinds of differentiations between students in this kind of different sense of status. Yeah.
0: And that's even something that, you know, Mark opens the film asking, which is, you know, how do you distinguish yourself, you know, where everyone's got perfect SATs, which I don't think is 100% true of Harvard. I think obviously people get in there for other reasons. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the...
1: the Winklevoss twins did not have perfect <laughs> SATs. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh maybe maybe devia did maybe or maybe Divya got maybe. like a 1590 or something like maybe, maybe he did he did well enough yeah. um but yeah like there is this feeling that okay you know tyler and wink tyler and cameron are very skilled rowers uh i think in the next minute you know we'll we'll see Divya kind of i don't, he, I don't know why he even does it but it's a nice little moment where he kind of kisses their asses in the deposition um mm-hmm. at, when he's listing all the different people who've been to harvard um, or who were on campus at Harvard at that time, I should say. Um, so, you know, like we, we, we've we got this kind of, you know, this class distinction between the, the different kind of people at Harvard. And obviously this is something that Mark was anxious about anyway at the start of the film. You know, how do you distinguish yourself when everyone yeah. is, you know, as as in China, everyone has, you know, genius IQs, you know, like how, like how do you distinguish yourself in that field? And obviously, you know creating facebook becoming you know one of the most wealthy people in the world <laughs> i guess you could say he kind of got there um but it's, yeah. it's kind of interesting that you know this is the point where you know gage is getting at a different question like where he's leading this is is it's not to do with the status but it's interesting that you know he says did you know that their father was wealthy and of course mark asks i'm not sure why you're asking me that um and, you know, he obviously says it's not important. You know, he's the lawyer. He's the one asking the questions. <laughs> um, and, of course, this is where, he, you know, Cy directs him. And he says, did you know that they came from money? Um, and that is kind of where the minute ends. And obviously we'll find out where that's mm-hmm. going tomorrow. But, yeah, like the, like the idea that, you know, the Winklevoss twins are not any better than Mark because they're bigger than Mark. They're more athletic, um, you know, but also they come from money. Um, you know, I'm going to guess that not old money, probably new money. Uh, by the looks of them, I mean Winklevoss doesn't.
1: Do- I was gonna say Winklevoss actually sounds like they could be oldish money at that point.
0: Yeah, maybe not. Not. Uh, yeah. They didn't. They didn't come over on the uh, on the Mayflower or anything. I don't think, but probably. A little bit after that.
1: Yeah, like there's some like Dutch families that have been, and that sounds Dutch as a name. There's some like super rich Dutch families that like got to New York or so in like the early 18th century, I think.
0: Yes, I believe at the time it was called New Amsterdam. Uh, for yes. that particular reason uh, which is also the name of a hit show on NBC at the moment um, so <laughs> which has recently been renewed for a second season um, yeah so I don't I, I know like the, immediately I mean I, th- I think this is one thing that this film does without making it too explicit but like the idea of you know everyone is at Harvard and I guess from the outside you think well they must all be like roughly the same they must all be extremely intelligent people who got to harvard but then once you get inside harvard it's like pretty much any other organization where there is these divisions yeah and the film kind of you know subtly builds them to start off with and then here we kind of get it a bit more explicitly of like you know tyler and cameron came from a family of means, which i until until gage actually says it you could probably guess they're from a family of means. (laughs) they're the ones suing mark zuckerberg at this point so obviously that's not a cheap procedure Um, you know, whereas I think Eduardo Savrin, his, his lawsuit was, uh, based on the fact that I think Mark Zuckerberg had already kind of lost the one against the Winklevoss twins. So he felt he had a stronger case to, you know, I think he went in basically, uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, not spending a huge amount, but spending a lot, lot, a lot less than the Winklevoss twins. And then obviously he did quite well out of the situation.
1: And he had a better case. It seems pretty clear. So yeah,
0: I say that as well. Yeah, the two different de- the depositions are about two different things essentially. One is about stealing an idea, yeah. and then the other one is about cutting somebody out of their company. So, <laughs> so
1: yeah, I, w- I would
0: say that the the second case is stronger than the first one. But from from what I understand, everybody ended up with a lot of money out of this thing um yeah so yeah I don't know, I, I it's a nice I like the I like the end of that scene with with the twins and with Divya simply because of the way that it kind of escalates to the point where like you know Cameron is like telling everyone they're gentlemen to Harvard and both Divya and Tyler are like this just sounds dumb like just a, just <laughs> admit that you're like a you know a 20 year old who goes out and gets drunk every now and again and you know like it just it just <laughs> it just feels like he's not admitting you know what he actually is um you know no
1: right But it also makes sense that the one who, you know, is like, I am a gentleman of Harvard might be the one who uh, their father maybe likes a bit more of the twins.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is it. I think I think as well, it kind of it kind of makes it clear that Cameron, um, you know, is seeing, you know, this university experience as being the thing that will set him up for life. Like he's going to Harvard to get this degree. Um, and also obviously, you know, rowing the Olympics or whatever, but going, going to get the degree so that when he finishes, he can probably work for his father's firm and probably end up making tons yeah. of money and, you know, within a, within like a decade, be extremely wealthy and probably, you know, in, have enough money to retire, but then, you know, maybe retire at 45 or whatever. Like it, it, it feels mm-hmm. like he knows, he knows what the point of this, you know, of, be, of being at Harvard is and that, you know, a part of being like a business major is like understanding that Eventually, you're going to stop being at Harvard and you're going to be in the business world. And in the business world, Mm -hmm. you can't just go around starting knife fights. Um, (laughs) You know, like (laughs) you have to have a measure of restraint. If someone does something to you, you've got to take the proper course of action. And so I kind of like that Cameron is the one who's like, you know, we've got to do we've got to do other things before we just straight out sue him. Like There's got to be other steps. Right. We've got to try and negotiate with him. We've got to c- kind of try and do something. And and it doesn't include planting stories in the Crimson. <laughs> like,
1: like something like that is sorted and beneath Gentleman at Harvard.
0: Yeah. And I think also, <laughs> I, I think also, you know, Cameron, you know, not only the whole Gentleman at Harvard thing, but he's also thinking a bit more tactically in that if they go out planting stories about Mark and they do eventually have to go to court that's not going to look good on them. Like the fact that they were like spreading rumors or whatever, like that can probably be easily traced back to them. And so they would end up making the situation worse. Whereas if they, if they're seen to kind of take the legal steps in the correct order, then by the time they get to court, they have a better, they have a better case of just saying, look, you know, we tried everything. We, you know, we sent him hundreds of emails. Um, mm-hmm. You know, later on they describe, you know, running, chasing him across campus, um, which is, a, you know, an, an interesting thing which actually did happen. Um, so, <laughs> like, you know, you know, they they kind of didn't get everything correct, but I like how, you know, um, in terms of this, like, if if you're a viewer, you're being led down the line of. These, the you know, Cameron knows that they don't want to get involved in a way that isn't one hundred percent legal, and they want to make sure they take the correct steps. And I kind of like how sensible you know Cameron is, and also I just love the fact that Divya then kind of makes fun of him, (laughs) like you know they (laughs) yeah
1: he's like oh yeah no that is stupid
0: yeah they kind of undercut him almost straight away, and I just I kind of like how they build Cameron up as a sensible one, but the film itself knows that you know effectively these are just kind of like. You know, four school kids squabbling over you know who owns a website. Which yeah. Is, you know, a silly thing to kind of mess about with, and so it's kind it's kind of interesting that they they kind of undercut Cameron just a tiny bit uh, before the yeah. end of that scene. Um, but yeah, I, there's not a huge amount to say about the kind of the jump back to the deposition because obviously we'll find out where you know the questions are leading. Uh, but you know, yes. we're already having confirmed in our minds something that I guess as viewers by this point you already guessed, which is that Tyler and Cameron are wealthy, and <laughs> you know. <laughs> it, like, I, I don't feel that that's something that was kind of hard to figure out. Um, you know, you have these two rich, handsome, you know, athletic twins. You can kind of understand why Mark Zuckerberg's like, I, you know, immediately feels inadequate these in every single people. way. Yeah, like, you know, they, they, you know they're, they're members of a finals club. They're, you know, rowers. You know, they're, they're everything that basically Mark Zuckerberg isn't. And I think that's a, a good thing as well. Like, it, it's true. It's true to mm-hmm. real life. But also within the film, it's kind of interesting how that you could kind of pick any attribute of the Winklevoss twins and Mark Zuckerberg. And there's literally, other than the fact that they went to Harvard, nothing else that kind of links them in any way. Um, yeah. And even in that case, Mark Zuckerberg dropped out of Harvard and they actually finished their degrees. Um, so even then, mm-hmm. they're not the same, you know. So like everything about them is completely different um but yeah there's more to say about the rest of that deposition tomorrow uh is there anything else that you think we need to cover in this minute
1: uh No, I think that's everything.
0: Uh, Well, then I will ask uh, your opinion of other David Fincher films. Uh, Obviously, you said that you most recently watched this film a couple of weeks ago (laughs) for this podcast. So uh, have you seen any other David Fincher films? Or, you know, do you have a particular opinion about David Fincher as a director?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, so I like Seven a lot. Um, uh, Seven is one of the kind of best thriller. I would say like one of the best thrillers I've seen in a lot of ways. Um, So Seven I love. On the other hand, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. I'm actually not a giant fan
0: of okay which is weird because i Um, you know i'm a big fan of that film uh i'm I'm a defender of benji buttons i but mainly but mainly because i think that uh kate blanchett and brad pitt give like a wonderful performance um you know once they're finally
1: yeah it's really well acted um yeah i just i don't know it's one of those movies that i remember seeing and i think i remember kind of enjoying it and then i remember almost immediately forgetting (laughs) everything about it well
0: there's the opening <laughs> sequence with Mr. Gatto and his backwards clock, which is I always find quite moving. Like with the, mm-hmm. you know, trying to bring back the, the the boys that they'd lost in the war. Um, and then later on you have, there's a wonderful sequence where you find out about, uh, Cate Blanchett, like, you know, breaking a leg or whatever it is. And you have that sequence of, you know, if this person yeah. hadn't left at this po- point, then they wouldn't have made that person a minute late and they wouldn't have, they, they wouldn't have run into this person. And, you know, that driver wouldn't have turned around that corner. And like that little sequence that kind of builds up is really, really good. Um, and I think some of the stuff between yeah. Brad Pitt and, you know, Kate Blanchett, once they're roughly around the same age. That kind of like middle hour. Mm-hmm. I think there's some really fun stuff in there. Jared Harris is great as well, you know, uh, kind of playing it. A...
1: Yeah. He must really like Brad Pitt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: just, yeah. Just playing like a drunk Russian guy. Uh, which you know, for 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 an mm. Irishman, I don't know what's going on with all these these various kind of Brits uh, playing many different nationalities in <laughs> in David Fincher films. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, like so. There's, I think, I think the thing is, people kind of, I, I mean, you know, obviously, Benji Buttons was written by the same guy who did Forrest Gump, and it kind of has like a Forrest Gump type mm-hmm. feel of like a guy going through history. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe people who hate Forrest Gump kind of hated Benji Buttons for that reason. But, you know, I, I think, you know, I've uh, each Christmas I've, you know, for the last few years, I've been rewatching every single David Fincher film, uh, you know, until until he brings out a okay. new one, uh, quite frankly, um, which I yeah. call Mary Finchmas, um, you know. <laughs> and whenever I get to Benjamin Buttons, I always think like, oh, this film isn't very good. But then I watch it and I'm like, oh, this film's way better than Panic mm. Room. So, mm.
1: okay. um, you know,
0: and Panic Room has Jared Leto being shot in the head. So, you know, that's, that's always a good starting point. Um, that's yeah um, <laughs> so after after Jared Letters had his face beaten in face in Fight Club, um, you know I, I don't know what David Fincher had against Jared Leto, but he was way ahead of the curve
1: um,
0: yes. on that particular thing. yeah so I mean are there any other films of David Fincher's uh, you know other than obviously now the social network which I'm assuming you're a huge fan of.
1: Yes, um, <laughs> uh, and uh, I have seen Fight Club, and uh, also he is the uh, the showrunner for House of Cards, right? He
0: was he was the director for the first two episodes of the first okay. and second season. Um, okay, so that's his, I think that's he basically set the house style as the the director of the, the pilot episode kind of always does. Yeah, um, so everyone else kind of copied his style after that um so I guess in a way he's kind of the director of every episode of House of Cards because they just copied what he did in the first episode for the rest of it um but yeah I mean I like I like those first couple of episodes of House of Cards House of Cards is a weird one because uh, the miniseries that it was based on over here that was on the BBC I remember mm. watching um <clears throat> when I was much younger the kind of central performance in that by I can't remember the actor but he played a character called Francis Urquhart um and you know he like I don't know he was so kind of iconic um mm-hmm. and then when they said they were going to do an american version i was like i don't know how this is going to work because the third like the third series is called um, to play the king and it's mm-hmm. about a um it's about essentially like a prince charles type person ascending to the throne um mm-hmm. but also being closeted um and, oh, that huh. being a, and that being a scandal that could bring down like the entire country and so it was kind of weird i mean the thing is uh spoilers for house of cards both the mini series and the tv series over over in america Um, but like the death of the reporter at the end I was really
1: surprised about when that happened
0: (laughs) see I wasn't because I'd watched the BBC miniseries Mm. and they kill her off at the end of the first series and then like her ghost like haunts Francis for like the next two series oh Um, that actually sounds kind of fun yeah so he well he keeps kind of like seeing her in different places and feeling guilty Mm -hmm. about he basically pushes her off a high building um mm-hmm. but obviously in the american version at the start of season two he pushes him in front of a train so it's a slightly different thing but yeah he like i think it, the high building might have even been like a, a country house or something um but yeah so it's kind of it's kind of it's weird because i like when she got to the end of the first season and she survived i was like oh that's weird i guess they're not going to kill the reporter off in this remake <laughs> and then the second series started and i was like oh yes so they are gonna, <laughs> yeah they just yeah. moved it a little bit Uh, But yeah, so I I loved I loved the British like miniseries so much that when I saw the American version, I was like, they're really stretching, they're stretching a very like a very thin story Mm -hmm. of like someone trying to gain power over like many series, and it's I know it felt it felt a little bit more like there was some wheel spinning, um, but yeah, it's still a good looking series. But I think that's you know obviously that's down to David Fincher, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and I think House of Cards definitely kind of lost its way at some point, And I got bored with it after season, I don't know, four or so. Um, but I thought the first two seasons were really solid in a lot of ways. Um, and that they did really interesting things. Uh, and I think the pacing also is really interesting. And that's one of the things that I liked about this movie is that I think it really has this pace it this kind of very quick pacing which I find really interesting because it almost makes it seem like a thriller style pacing but of course it's not a thriller
0: <laughs> no yeah I yeah that, I mean obviously you know the fact that we're you know 40 something minutes in but on the page count we're 63 pages in
1: mm-hmm.
0: that shows you how quickly everybody's getting through the information that's coming out <laughs> like, yeah you know and I think that's one of the things that you know the kind of the Aaron Sorkin pace of it is one of the reasons that kind of makes it feel kind of really exciting um yeah because you're like you're like the, if the film doesn't ever kind of really slow down it's always kind of like you know bouncing one from one place to another and you know everything is constantly moving forward um you know which, which
1: is impressive it, i mean to make a movie seem that kind of fast-paced like oh what's going to happen next always moving forward is a real challenge in a movie that when you think about the basic plot it's about the founding of an you know of a website and a bunch of lawsuits
0: yeah, <laughs> and I, uh, it's interesting because as we record this, in recent weeks, uh, there's been a thing about uh, you're the man dog, uh, mm-hmm. dot com, uh, which is why Y M T why I can never get the abbreviation correctly. YMTND, something like that. Um, uh-huh. But anyway, that website was created by a guy, and it was just for like looping GIFs and sound things, and you know, like. Uh, and that website itself, like the in the early days, um, it had some issues in terms of like copyright stuff. And so there's like a lot of fair use things. So he was like the guy who created that. He was sued like relentlessly to start off with. And, you know, looking at a film like this, it's like it'd be interesting to see like kind of the, a lot of stuff around like kind of early Internet, like early. Well, mostly like kind of, you know, the creation of early Web pages is kind of interesting because you know, there were no rules and people just kind of did whatever they want. Right. And so it would be kind of interesting to see some films from, of stuff that was kind of created around that period. And like mm-hmm. the kind of lawsuits that took place and, you know, the kind of fair use and stuff like that. Uh, because these days, you know, uh, I mean, anyone who's tried to upload stuff on YouTube knows uh, as soon as you hit anything, even vaguely like a copyright claim, your video's taken down. <laughs> and so, right. you know, it, it's because, so like there are a lot of rules now, but they're mainly governed by like algorithms and bots and stuff like that. So, uh, it's kind of interesting to have a story that literally is just about a guy registering a domain and starting a website, like <laughs> yeah. that's, and then and then getting sued, uh, and so it's kind of funny. Um, so, have you seen more recent Fincher stuff like Gone Girl or Girl with Dragon Tattoo? Um, I haven't. Uh, no. Oh, okay. No. So. Um, but when I, it depends if you've seen the original Swedish Girl with Dragon Tattoo miniseries.
1: I have uh, not. No. no. Nor have I read the, the book. So.
0: Well, I mean, the books are interesting if you want to know the different makes of Nokia phones that people use. Um, because, because <laughs> the the writer would get very much stuck in the there's a there's an entire page in one book where he he describes the differences between taking sim cards out of two different models of Ericsson phones, and it's just really bizarre. Um, so obviously that stuff isn't covered in the film, but um, yeah, I mean I don't know like I, I I mean I saw the Swedish ones and I read the novels before I saw the David Fincher one, but I still think the David mm. Fincher version is really good. Uh, it's just a bit disappointing that like you know he he never got to make a sequel, uh, mostly because like, he just doesn't do sequels. That's this is the weird thing. He uh-huh. works with he works with people more than once, um, but he just doesn't do sequels. So yeah, um, you know. But yeah, I would recommend both. That and Gone Girl is wonderful. Like it's so perfectly directed. It's um, you know, and it is actually a thriller, so it kind of matches. Yeah you know it works with the kind of the the pace and there's a few interesting videos online about how david fincher directs stuff and how he uses the camera to take like control where you look on the screen and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and i think you know over the years he's only got more and more kind of in control of that kind of stuff um, so the yeah. kind of more recent films that he's done um you know like zodiac and benjamin button and social network and like those films are a lot more kind of controlled and you know he's got a very particular mm-hmm. style and those films are very much he's got more control over those films than he had over his yeah. kind of earlier films so uh, which is a bit yeah. telling if you look at Seven now some of the shots are a bit like you imagine mm-hmm. David Fincher re-watching that film and being like I really wouldn't do that now these days <laughs> like, there's a couple right. of like handheld moments and stuff where it's like I don't think David Fincher would do that uh, if he were making Seven today
1: um, yeah and zodiac yeah. is interesting in that regard because there are certainly similarities in terms of the kind of movie that it is but I, yeah i can definitely see that zodiac is in some ways a cleaner
0: yeah and and you know so much cgi in zodiac it's kind of crazy yeah um you know that people don't even realize uh, there's, like all the blood in that film is cgi um, huh
1: i'd be interested to see how that holds up because that i that i actually did i think see in theaters and have not seen since so
0: oh it still holds up zodiac still holds okay up. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> It's, it's just weird that now everybody that's in that film is basically a superhero in some of the film. Um, right. You know, now that... Uh, that uh, I mean, I think as this episode goes up, we're only a, a mere week away from Spider-Man with, uh, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal as, as Mysterio. So... Uh, yeah it's kind of weird that that film just has a bunch of superheroes in it now Uh, so anyway I feel like we said about as much about this minute and David Fincher as we can so uh, let's move on to plugs is there anything you wish to plug Sarah? Uh,
1: Yes I have a podcast called Media Evil a medieval pop culture podcast uh, where I and my co-host Ollie Brady talk about medieval movies and why they're wrong and you can find us on various podcasting platforms and on Twitter and Facebook
0: and you can find us on MySpace at myspace.com slash the social minute or on Twitter at social underscore minutes or on Facebook at the Social Minute Podcast. Thanks once well more for being my guest here today, Sarah.
1: Thank you very much.
0: And I will see you tomorrow.